It's so nice to hear babies again. That's a, a part of, of life we don't want to lose. The old go and the new come on. The old go and the new come on. It's been that way ever since Adam and Eve. <clears throat> Reba came today and she looks so nice in her white uh, dress. And she said her daughter bought that for her. And uh, I didn't tell her, but I always thought of, of white as being the righteousness of saints. And uh, I'm satisfied that Reba, with her faithfulness, will be in God's kingdom with all of us. You know, I sure thank our sister Billy Ann for playing that piano. What did we do? Do you remember... In California, we didn't have a piano player for a long time. We just had to sing, what's that called? Acapello? Any? Huh? Sang without the piano? Yeah, we have lots of times. So I was so thankful that she learned to play it. And, and uh, we have the piano. I'm thankful for that. Thank you, Billy Ann. I know it's it's hard on her. I want to talk to you this morning about a subject. Uh, the atonement. And I want to uh, also talk about Enoch and Elijah. I don't know if I have this laid out correctly. I used to be able to do that pretty good, but I've gotten to where I have a hard time getting it where I want it. But at any rate, uh, I want to read Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, which says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works which God hath before ordained or prepared that we should walk in them. In these good works we should walk in them. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Keep that always in mind. Nobody else. We are created only in Christ Jesus. And that our salvation is of him, not of Enoch, not of Elijah. Ezekiel 18.4 Sweet little sound. Ezekiel 18 and 4 says, Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, 
so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Remember that. I'll just go to Romans, the third chapter. <clears throat> Verse 20 through 26. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets in type. That's the way it was. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. And what does it say? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All. Everyone has sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that goes for Elijah. That goes for Enoch. Abraham. Moses. Noah. David. You name it. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by His grace, and grace is unmerited favor. He bestows favor upon us which we don't earn. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's how redemption comes about, through Christ Jesus, not through any other. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation, which is a covering uh, that provides reconciliation to God. He is the atonement through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission or the passing over of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. And so we are of those who believe in Jesus. He is He is the Father made known when he was on the earth, speaking to his brethren, the Jews, to the camp of Israel. But remember, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. <clears throat> I'm satisfied in my mind from the studying I have done of these scriptures that Enoch and Elijah are dead awaiting the resurrection, just like everybody else. The only provision made for one to come forth from the dead was Christ, who was alive forevermore, who received at the Father's hand the gift of immortality. He gave it to his Son. His Son was obedient unto him, even unto the death of the tree. And so he is the atonement. It's a very simple thing. So in verse 23, all have sinned. <clears throat> verse 24, redemption is in Christ Jesus only. Verse 25, Christ is our propitiation, our covering, he who provides reconciliation and uh, the remission of sins and the gift eventually of eternal life when he returns.
in Exodus 12, 12th chapter of Exodus, we read uh, in the fifth verse, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. He shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And verse 7, And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts on the upper door posts of the house wherein they shall eat it. So the two door posts and the upper part of the door is my understanding had blood on it. That's the way it was done by this animal. Verse 13 talks about, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So this blood was to be upon those, these two side posts and upon the top of the door that he might pass over them. When the destroying angel saw that, he passed over them. All of this, the lamb without spot and without blemish, is a type of Christ. It's an allegory of him. And the putting of the blood on the two posts and the top of the door, going in through Christ for salvation, into the ark, so to speak. That's what Noah was in. A type of Christ. In Acts 3 and 6, <clears throat> uh, Peter and John were going into the temple and, and uh, uh, there was a man sitting there who... Uh, had been uh, lame from his mother's womb all his life. He had been lame. And so he sat at the door of the temple, the gate, where he might uh, ask alms of the people, uh, evidently to sustain his natural life. But that's what he was doing. And who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asking alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. Look on us, he said. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. He was going to get more than he bargained for. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, Give I thee. And then he says, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So it was in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that this man was made whole, that he rose up and walked. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now I want to go to Acts, the fourth chapter, 10 through 12. <clears throat> Be it known unto you all 
and to all the people of Israel. But, but be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye have crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. He was healed, no longer lame. This is a stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. And I was thinking about, I was talking with Billy Ann, I think it was, the other day, and, and she said, Whoso falls over this stone shall be broken, but whomsoever the stone shall fall on it shall grind him to powder. This is a stone which they rejected. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. Only the name of Jesus Christ. Not Enoch, not Elijah, not Moses, not Adam, not Abraham, not David. There is no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. Only the name of Jesus Christ. First Timothy three sixteen. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, made known in the flesh. In the flesh of who? In the flesh of his Son, whom he sent for the redemption of mankind. He was justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Now let's look at that Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians five Second Corinthians five, eighteen through twenty one. And all things are E.K. out of God, who hath reconciled, <clears throat> restored to harmony, us to himself. He's reconciled us to himself. He's restored to harmony to himself by Jesus Christ, not by anyone else, by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation being restored to harmony. This is to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, So on behalf of Christ, we are reconciled to God. 
For he hath made him, Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. There are two kinds of sin. Christ possessed one. Uh, do we know what that was that he possessed? you know Matthew? Huh? Christ, uh, Christ had sin in the flesh. How did he get that? What do we call that? Do you remember? Inherited sin. Exactly. I knew you knew. Inherited sin. He said that so many times in class. What did he not do? What's the other one? Committed. He did not commit sin. We commit sin. Christ did not. That's why he was the lamb without spot and without blemish. That's why his blood was accepted by the Father to take away the condemnation that Adam brought upon us. He is our atonement. It's a very simple thing. So we find that with Adam there was committed sin. He was tempted and he failed. The only way that he could attain unto salvation was through a sacrifice. A covering was needed for Adam. He had covered himself with what? Fig leaves. Fig leaves are a pretty good sized leaves sometimes. You get a nice fig tree, you can get a pretty good leaf. Sewed them together and covered their cells. But when God spoke to him, <clears throat> he hid himself. He said, why, do you, why are you hiding yourself? He said, because I'm naked. He was ashamed. He said, who told you that thou wast naked? Did you partake of the tree that I told you not to? Yes, he did. So condemnation came upon him, not only upon him, but the entire earth and everything that's in the earth. <coughs> and that's how we are affected by the condemnation of, that came upon Adam. Sin, disease, and death. That's what we live in. We find that uh, God provided his son a sacrifice that would be acceptable to him because the blood of bulls and goats were insufficient to do what his blood did. It had to be another one, <clears throat> E.K., out of Adam. And he came through that lineage, being born of a woman. His days was full of trouble. Who had inherited sin, as we talked about, but had not committed he Christ was the sacrifice that God accepted and we enter into the covenant by confession of our sins and baptism into his death burial and resurrection as it's so plainly stated
states in the sixth chapter of, of uh, Romans. First day of every week we come here and eat the bread and drink the cup in memory of his sacrifice. You ever think what a blessing we have to have this ecclesial family of which our relationship is closer than the accident of birth? You ever think about that? Our relationship is in Christ. Christ Jesus our Lord. He who has saved us from our sins through his shed blood, through his great sacrifice. And we pray through him, through Christ, for forgiveness of our inherited and our committed sins. Every day we pray that God will have mercy on us and forgive us for that which we do that is not pleasing unto him. We await his return in faithfulness, striving to be faithful, applying in our lives the value of his word in obedience to what he has told us to do. Uh, he accepted his son, Christ Jesus, our Lord, the atonement. He accepted his sacrifice because he was obedient, even unto the death of the tree. Think about that. He bare our sins in his body and nailed them to the tree, took them out of the way for himself and for those who would come unto him, come, in to, come, in, come unto his Father through him. That's how we approach the Father, through Christ. We await the blessings of the resurrection to see those loved ones of ours that have gone before and to receive the gift of eternal life which was purchased by the shed blood of Christ. An allegory <clears throat> is a figurative representation in which the meaning is conveyed symbolically linked by resemblance. There are many allegories in the scriptures, many types, many shadows. And it's a figurative representation in which the meaning is conveyed symbolically instead of literally. Linked by resemblance. What it is is a similarity. It's similar. And that helped me to understand it a lot better. The similarity of it, the likeness of it. So circumcision, which typifies a cutting off of the flesh or a cutting off of mortality, happened on the eighth day. This happened on the eighth day. Pointing forward to the 8,000th year when death shall be swallowed up in what? Huh? Victory, that's right. When death shall be swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? 
It's interesting that uh, man, sin, has the numerical value of six. I remember when Brother Tony was first interested in the truth, he wanted to know numerical value of things. That's the way he was going to look at it. And uh, he figured that out and uh, found out that what we were talking about had some truth to it. And so he continued on. But that's what the numerical value of man of sin is, the number six. And the number eight, the numerical value of the number eight is Christ, is immortality. Now the Feast of Tabernacles was kept eight days pointing to the great harvest of the faithful believers. Let's go to Exodus 23. Exodus 23. I thought this was so good, so important that I wrote it in my Bible. Exodus, the 23rd chapter, talks about three annual feasts and they are a parable by redemption and resurrection. That's what they are. The earth's harvest gathered in three stages which were three feasts that they celebrated. The nation of Israel. Christ, the first fruits, represented the Passover. They that are Christ at his coming was the Pentecost harvest or the 50th Jubilee. That's what the uh, Pentecost was. Then the kingdom was delivered up at the end of the millennium, the end of the 7,000th year, and that was the in gathering, the tabernacle, and that was the eternal life, the immortality that would reign in the earth. When the kingdom would be delivered up to God, as the 15th chapter of uh, 1 Corinthians tells us, I think that's what it says. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, the 28th verse, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. And I, I, I wanted to finish that scripture. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so six 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 is a numerical value 
So the man of sin, that's the last verse in the 13th chapter of the Apocalypse. And 888 equals the numerical value of Christ, of immortality. Uh, I'd like to read Isaiah 63 and 5. Isaiah 63 and verse 5. Now, <clears throat> you have to consider when we read this verse, this is Isaiah writing what God had him to write. There was uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, three major prophets that wrote at length, somewhere around 50 chapters each or more followed by Daniel and some of the minor prophets. Then there was uh, faithful people, Enoch. <clears throat> there was uh, Abraham, I'm sorry, Noah, Abraham, uh, Moses, Elijah, and so on. They're named in the Bible. And this is what God had to say after all of this took place. <clears throat> and I looked and there was none to help. None to help. All have perished in the grave for those who were faithful awaiting the resurrection. We talked about that this morning. That resurrection is not found in the Old Testament. But Christ said to the Pharisees, to the Sadducees, to the people, God is not the God of the dead, but of the living, talking about Abraham. So there is uh, the intent of resurrection is there. Because David will see Christ sitting on his throne, ruling the world in righteousness and filling it with his glory. And I looked, and there was none to help. None at all in the earth that could help. I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore, mine own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury it upheld me. So God, by his own arm, brought salvation to mankind in his Son, Christ Jesus our Lord. <clears throat> Yahweh provided as he always does. Yah means salvation. He who provided the Savior anointed. I want to close with Revelation, the fifth chapter. The ninth and tenth verses. <clears throat> before I read this we, we, we have man and he sinned there was a need for a covering there was a need for some way for him to come back into harmony with God so he provided his son but before that he gave them types allegories types that they should understand that before sin could be removed there had to be the shedding of blood 
But he told them, uh, Paul talks about in Hebrews, that uh, the blood of bulls and goats could not take away the sin of man. So there had to be another man who would shed his blood, who was of the same nature as we are, had the ability to sin and to die. But the difference was he did not commit sin, personal sin. But he did die that we might have redemption and salvation through his shed blood, through his sacrifice, through his offering, which we remember here. It's a simple thing. To me, it's a simple thing to understand that. Revelation 5, 9, and 10. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hast made us unto our God kings and priests and we brethren shall reign on the earth thank you